Hello and welcome to the Lost in Possession podcast. Are the big six in trouble? Well, with Newcastle soaring into the top four at the weekend, it certainly looks that way. Plenty to discuss. Roll the intro. So, welcome to another edition of the Lost in Possession podcast. We're going to be discussing all things Newcastle today. After an impressive win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, in which goals from Callum Wilson and Miguel Almiron secured a 2-1 victory at Antonio Conte's Spurs. It's got a lot of us thinking, particularly in mind of their their Saudi takeover back in 2021. Will Newcastle become a top six side? Could you know? Can't really say if it would be at the end of this season, but will they start to cement it in years to come? Let's start. So let's start ourselves with our original um, Middle Eastern bankrolled football club fan in you, Jamie. And um, first of all, what did you make of Newcastle's performance? You know, are we seeing gradual improvement each time? Do you think that Newcastle will become that top six side? Well, I don't know about the top six side, but like on their performances. They, they've been really good all season. Sort of, we're, like, I would say I was first more aware of it when they played us. And obviously, we had to come back and produce some bits of magic just to get a draw at Newcastle. The atmosphere around there has obviously all changed under from Mike Ashley. Like, of, <laughs> it, it couldn't have got much worse, really, apart from if they actually got relegated. But what's been so good is the way they're playing football. Like, I'll be honest, when they were under Mike Ashley, I want Newcastle to go down every season just because of how boring they were to play football. Like I, have nothing, I don't have anything against Newcastle. It was just their style of football was so dead, really. But now they're thriving. They're attacking teams. Like they were on top for most of that game against Spurs. I know Spurs liked to counter-attack, but they were still controlling the game, I thought, very, very well. Um, Eddie Howe, you've he's got to have massive praise for him because well like they were so far off it and now if you look actually at the stats for 2022 they're fifth fifth points overall in the whole of 2022 ahead of Chelsea and United which they are funny enough in the table which okay it's a game in hand but Jordan's not looking at he might be seeing Europa next season if this continues (laughs) But yeah, like you got to say, it, best defense in the league as well. So, mm. what I thought after the City game was they're they're good attacking, they're getting goals, they're pounding teams, but they're leaking defensively. And just since then, they've gone right. We're learning from our mistakes. We're doing this, and it's just been great for them. Uh, Jordan, what about? In fact. Before we go to Jordan, this might help with your answer of where you see Newcastle going. So in the 12 games so far this season, they've recorded five wins, six draws and one defeat, which came at Anfield. Um, They're they're, they're on fire. You know, six games is a lot of games to draw, but they're not losing, which is, I think, is the important aspect here. Um, Do you think they're going to finish above above your Chelsea Chelsea team, Jordan, you know, which are a fellow (laughs) money bankrolled club? you know, how does it feel, you two? But you're finally inferior to, to another um, team. So, let, let, what are your thoughts? First and foremost, let, let's not get carried away. Um, I like Newcastle. I like I like their, their sort of growth traje- trajectory. Um, Eddie Howe, again, as we said, deserves a lot of a lot of praise. 
Um, you know, people talk about the money and, and you know, I think their defence costs less than the Maguire. Their midfield costs less than Casemiro. Um, and I'm pretty sure their strikers cost less than, than Anthony as well. So, you know, we, we talk about money, but but actually you look at their squad in a minute and it's not, you know, silly money being being spent. So I do think they're, they're doing it in the right way at the minute. Um, and yesterday, yesterday to win away to Spurs felt like a statement. Um and, and then actually it kind of got me thinking, let's let's have a review of the games they've played so far. Now you touched in their stats. They've only lost one game this season. That's the same number of losses as both Man City and Arsenal. That's extremely impressive. You look at the games they've played, they've been away to Man United, got a solid draw, and that was an even game. They probably um, should have won that game at all. Just arguably, yeah, arguably could have won that game. Obviously, they beat Spurs yesterday. And we all know what happened in the Liverpool game at Anfield as well. They really gave Liverpool a run for their money and it took a 98th minute after stoppage time almost winner to, to, to you know, to take the three points off them. So, and then again, we look at the home and, you know, they've played Man City and they, they really put a good showing on that day. So as far as I'm concerned at the minute, we have to take them seriously. Um, and they, they, they could, I, I think for me at the minute, the, the heavy draws for me means probably top four will be a big, big R still. You know, when you've got United, Chelsea, Spurs, eventually maybe Arsenal might drop into that as well. It's, it's extremely competitive still. But what I do think out of, you know, the early signs we're seeing, they could kind of make the top six potentially become a, a top seven, if you like. Um, again, too early to commit 100%, but... At the minute, they've got all the hallmarks of challenging and really worrying that top six. Who would you say? Let's say, let's say there's not. It's not going to be a big seven because I think that's ridiculous. I think top the big six is still a ridiculous amount of teams to put in it. Who would you say would drop out if we had to pick one out of the big six? If Newcastle came in though instead, Reese, I'll let you go first. I think at the moment. You'd probably have to say Spurs. I think I think the other clubs there have much more financial clout. Not as much as Newcastle, obviously, but you know, they've got much bigger backers in, in that field. Um, but I wouldn't be too shocked if it fluctuated regularly between Spurs, Arsenal, Man United if if things are mismanaged, Chelsea if things get mismanaged a bit under Bowley. I think they would be the ones that would probably rotate around. But I personally don't. I personally think if they're not going to have a Super League push through by that time Newcastle cement themselves, they're just going to add another Champions League place, I think. So it's not going to become too much of an issue in that in that terms of a threat. I think what's worth, just to, to, before I answer your question, I think what's worth mentioning is we, we've done a previous podcast on this. With the proposed Champions League format changes from, I believe, the 23-24 season, we could be facing a real possibility of actually five English clubs getting into the Champions League. So I don't think uh, calling it a newly formed top seven is is, a, is actually that unreasonable because we could be in a spot where five of the places go to UCL now. So it does genuinely then become a top five and a sort of top seven, if you like. Um, and I think assuming those changes are going ahead, which I believe they are, Newcastle at the minute really will be look, licking their lips going, you know, genuinely in, in, in two or three years, we could actually be at a level to play Champions League football. And that's really them. Then when you see 
you will start to see that growth because they'll then get the extra money from being in the Champions League and so on and so forth. However, even at this point, Newcastle would absolutely bite your hand off um, for a chance even to get to Europa League. And you, you, you think they could potentially, you know, similar to how West Ham did, really have a good run in a Europa League, uh, you know, run if you like. Um, in terms of who could drop out, I, if I had to pick one right now, I still would say Man United. I don't think they're, I've still not seen enough out of them. And I still think they're, they're a bit hot and cold. But in terms of the, the sort of actual level of performances, I, I kind of agree, Reese. Spurs, I'm still not sold on Spurs this season. They, uh, yes, they're above us. They're above Newcastle. They're above United. But the performances, I've not seen enough. And to touch on, sorry, finally, to touch on my point about Newcastle and, and the games against the top six, they're showing resiliency. They're showing they won't get beat in those games. You compare that to Spurs, and I've not seen any big performance in a big six game. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking over my shoulder if I'm sort of Spurs or, or maybe United as well. Um, yeah, sort of, I get your sort of point. Um, I wanted to touch on sort of the money one you were saying. But so, obviously, they've technically had, what, two two transfer windows really under the sort of owners, and that was January and the summer. They have gone up to, they have spent £240 million pretty much now. So it's not, they're not, you know, not spending anything, but that squad needed it. That's like they weren't, they wouldn't be in the position they are without the money. Trust me, I know that better than most people. Like it's not a criticism, it's just plain fact. You need to spend money, otherwise, you're not going to compete. And the amount of money they've got actually dwarfs City and the rest of the leagues entirely. But um, for my, out of the top six, I'd agree with Reese. You can only look at when was the last time they won a trophy. Very simply, you've got teams who have been in turmoil. You've got Arsenal who were like, it was one of the most toxic places to be. They still won some trophies. United, Jose Mourinho, they all wanted out. He still won them some trophies. It's been a few years now, but they still won. And then Spurs, they're always looking like, Oh, maybe this year we could just win a cup. We look, we look fairly decent, and it just never happens for them. That would be if you're picking out the top six. The reason why I say that is because if you're going with a big seven, you're almost doing half of the league as the big club, like the top clubs. It's getting a bit ridiculous. I think it's good for competitiveness because you will start getting what you're getting in Syria ah, at the moment. Like, forget the Juve dominance. I'm talking about like. Now, after that, you don't. If you look at that table, you don't know who's going to win. You don't like. It's probably like <laughs> there's like five or six teams that could win it, which will be great for the Premier League. The problem, I think, what you were touching on though, is that Super League in the background being mentioned. Do Newcastle become a part of that? Sort of. That's where will they push for it, or will they sort of not? know really where to stand and that's where I think it could be an issue yeah I, I think that would be a stumbling block for them at the moment because they are a well supported club but domestically they're a very well supported club internationally you know you don't see many people walking around in Newcastle shirts internationally yet um, it will that's take time domestically they take their tops off every game that's true <laughs> 
pouring with rain and it's still tipping it down and they have got their tops off. So I don't Very know true. about that. Very <laughs> true. That'll it'll come in time, though. That'll yeah. come in time, as we said, if they can nick a Europa League spot, maybe a Champions League spot in three yeah. to five years, suddenly they'll have that pull. But I don't think yeah. they're a big enough club right right now to, to even be in that conversation. No, there's there's that. I think there's that resilience to them because they've got that money uh, for the Saudi state. I think I think teams will push against that as much as they can. So I think that will come in their way. But of course, think things will change. You know, Newcastle probably will need to have a, a couple of trophies by the time they become that that team. You know, their last major trophy actually won was 1969. You know, domestic that was 1955. So that's a long time for a club of that size. I think they'll end that hoodoo sooner rather than later. Um, but but yeah, it's interesting to see. I think I think what we should draw on, um, particularly um, when we've mentioned their, their summer business, um, of course, you know, they brought in Isaac for 63 million, Sven Botman for 33 million, Matt Target for 15, Nick Pope for 10. You know, that, that's some excellent business. But their two goal scorers on Sunday were two players that have actually already been at the club. Callum Wilson and Miguel Almiron, who has actually been a bit of a revelation this season. In fact, I have a nice quote here from a from a from a player from Birmingham, um, from a man from Birmingham who joined Man City in a world record transfer. This was after they beat Aston Villa in May to win the league. He he made the comment of that take Mares off the pitch as soon as possible. He's playing like Almiron. And since those comments, Almiron has six goals in twelve whilst Jack Grealish has one goal in six. Um, I thought that was funny to point out because that must have haunted Grealish a little bit. Will he care? No. But what are your thoughts on, you know, the performances of the likes of Mirko Aaron and Callum Wilson, who were bought before the takeover even happened? You know, what, what have you made of, of their contribution to the team? And, and, you know, where do you think Newcastle should look to perhaps strengthen? That sort of thing. Well, Wilson just keeps, keeps scoring. You said it before, Reese. He he just keeps scoring. Um, he just it's weird. It's a weird one for me because you know I remember Chelsea being linked with him years ago, and I sort of I sort of questioned it a bit. And I, he he still as a striker just doesn't stand out to me. I don't know how to describe it, but he just gets goals. Like he's not he's just not flashy. He never really stands out, but he just he keeps scoring goals. Um, and especially when a sixty three million pound striker comes to your club, you know it can make or break a player like that where they can either wither away or, or step up and, and be counted for. And it looks like Wilson's gone to the good side of that. And it, yeah, if, if he keeps scoring, he keeps scoring. I think he scored in, you know, the city games. He, he can score in big games. Like if he keeps that up, I mean, absolutely. He can be, he can be part of this kind of Newcastle revolution in the next, you know, five years or, or, or so. Um, on Almiron, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I had the stats written down. I was going to say it myself um, just to wind Jamie up and get the Grealish dig in. But um, Almiron, again, a, a player who, met, you know, you could argue maybe Grealish was, was right at the time. Almiron w- was was underwhelming. Um, why, why Grealish picked Almiron, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but, you know, if that's what it takes to, to light a fire under his, his belly or whatever it whatever you want to call it, it's worked. <laughs> um, and maybe if Almiron wins some some trophy or boot at the end of the season, uh, he should be giving some praise to Grealish. What do you think, Jamie? Would you be swapping Grealish for Almiron at this moment in time? No. <laughs> well, form, yes. But overall, no. 
Um, to be fair, like you can't fault Almer on this season. He's been absolutely brilliant. Like his goal against Spurs is something he definitely wouldn't have done last season. Like the way he just sort of went so confidently past. I can't remember who the defender was. Maybe Dyer, someone like that. And then sort of opened up his body to then get the shot off. I think Larice could have done a bit better, but that's not his fault. That's <laughs> he's got to put it in pretty much the sort of space he can, and it goes in. He scored some a beautiful goal against Everton as well. Um, to just go on the Grealish comment, I don't think Grealish will really care. He'll also get mentioned a few times, like people people will, but if he just sort of you know shows his medal for winning the Premier League. I think he'll get over it pretty quickly. But yeah, like that's just sort of, it's all jokes aside, but I don't think Mares was playing well at the time. So that actually went quite well because Almiron wasn't either. Um, Callum Wilson, obviously he has continuously scored goals in his career, but he's always had injury problems. Sort of like, I think you've said before, Reese, that you're sort of a big admirer of him. And you'd put you put him in your sort of England squad. The problem was he was just injured. You just don't know if he's going to be fit for it. And it's just pointless to take up a name when he's probably not going to be there. Um I think what would have happened, like if he wasn't injured so much, he probably would have ended up at someone like Chelsea or what they call the big six at the moment. But due to the injuries, no one everyone was like, There's we don't want to take the risk on you. And he's gone into the Newcastle. Obviously, at the time, it it was a good. It's still, I think it's still a good signing at the time, but it wasn't something that everyone went, "Oh, that's great." I think he's good. He's good, and he will help Isaac. So I think that will take Isaac some pressure off him while Wilson's still scoring. Obviously, you can see it there in competition, but if Isaac doesn't score for the first next five games, Wilson still will get a couple. So that's where. It will help gel the team and hopefully progress Newcastle. For, well, I say hopefully. I don't want too much, you know. <laughs> I don't want to overtake him City at the moment. But, you know, for Newcastle, they hope he will do it. Yeah, it's a good point. I think I think Wilson added him something different at the time. If you think of who was in their squad, they had no goal scorer like that, out-and-out goal scorer. But I agree, if he stays fit, They've got an outstanding striker, but you know he's already missed seven games this season through injury, which is which is concern. And, and I think one of the biggest as well is Isaac isn't exactly hundred percent fit all the time. You know he's already going to miss. He's already out until what the new year, so that could be a detriment to their efforts. And um, you know maybe look at another goal scorer because Chris Wood hasn't been scoring for them. Maybe they should go down yeah, that. Although, isn't it? If you've yeah, just spent 60, 60 odd million for a striker, yeah, I mean, like you can't go replacing him after. No, no, not replacing him. But you know, Wilson is is uh, twenty nine, going on thirty. Yeah, he might have just turned thirty, so he's sort of entering the, you know, the twilight of his career. But you know, you could look at the the youth mark, you know, loan market, some young players. Newcastle's got a fantastic academy as it is, which I'll go on to, um, just shortly. But yeah, I mean, I think if they keep up that consistency. You know, it's just the issue is if Wilson and Isaac don't stay fit, who do they turn to? Armouron can't really deliver all those goes consistently. St. Maxim probably can't. I don't um, think they're in that bad. I don't think it's too bad. bad. Like all, all of those three strikers can generally play as a solo striker with winners. Yeah. 
So having almost two backup options to the main striker who can play on their own, I actually don't think they're in a bad spot. Although Chris Wood probably hasn't hit the, the ground running. Yeah, it's, he's still an option. Wood would be a different way of playing though as well. Where I think Wilson and Isaac give a little bit, a little bit of the same. They're still different players, obviously, but I just don't think it's worked for Chris Wood. Obviously, they bought him for cheap as a as a sort of just sort of a punt, really. But I don't think they need to. I think they will. They can get goals elsewhere. But yeah, it's something that could be concerning if it does keep happening. I think Wood as well. We got to give it. We got to shout out the the Wood signing. In hindsight, was was one of the most cleverly strategic buys that they've done because it actually ended up. Maybe not. That's the only reason, but took 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 a main striker off relegation rivals who then got relegated. So if you look at it as, as that alone, that was a great great bit of business, regardless of what happens. Absolutely. Now speaking of business and things of that line, I think we should move on to you know, if Newcastle are going to be a top six team, what their long-term strategy is or should be. Now, with a team that's got an embarrassment of riches, um, you know, do they do do they go for option A, which is buy all the best players in the world available, you know, try and lure in Beppe in, try and lure in Benzema in, you know, go for a headline star, go for a Galactico project, or do they go for option B, which is basically what they're doing now, um, smart strategic buys, um, probably buying, say, I wouldn't exactly say marquee names, but players that fit the system, uh, that offer something they can do. And of course, buying a lot of young players that they're going to develop through their academy, which is what they've been doing a lot. And they've already got the likes of Elliot Anderson looking to shine through. Longstaff is a product there. You know, very much a red ball sort of project, except they don't have to sell their players. What do you think is going to be their best strategy? Would it be a mixture of both or option A, option B? Jamie, let's start with you. For someone who's sort of, I've seen when we first did it, we went for, there's a few buyers that were the Galactico with like Rubinho, for example. But now seeing it's a much better way and a much more sustainable way if you try and build a proper team. And then once you sort of keep adding two or three players who are going to literally be first team players, keep going like that, that progression will, I think will be a better, much better for sort of long term. I do feel like it's not, I'm not saying City are sort of like perfect in that way, but we're showing a very good example of how to sort of run it with all the finances, like spending the money and bringing in the right players. It doesn't like, okay, we've got Haaland, but it's kind of, we haven't really bought massive players. We're trying to build good, good, solid players. And then they go on a step further to improve their careers. Like, Sort of like you could say Kevin De Bruyne. When we bought him off Wolfsburg, Paul Merson, you got his famous quote saying, I don't see it. He's a Chelsea flop, blah, blah, blah. And he's probably the best player in the league. So it's kind of, I think that's what Newcastle needs to go for. And I think they've done, like one of them has been brilliant already, is, that, is Bruno. I think he's such a great player. When I watched him against City last season, I was just like, he could fit into City like already. And that's what Newcastle need. Just buy two or three here and there, continuously do it, and they'll definitely be up there. And it just look it will look like a solid plan. And I do think that's the way Newcastle will go. Yeah, I'd agree. I think out of the two you said, Reese, option B seems more reasonable. Um, 
I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So, you know, they've started well. They're on the right trajectory. Can't even say the word. Trajectory. <laughs> um, they're improving. As, as we said, you know, twenty. although there's not a 2022 league table, as we need to remind Newcastle fans, what it does show, it gives you an insight into their improvement in form. Um, and if they continue that, then why why, why break the mould? They're, they're doing well. They're making good signings. Yes, they're spending money. Um, but they're not, you know, the players they're signing aren't world-renowned stars. They're players who fit the system and have potential. Um, I think with Man City as well, I agree. That was more the strategy. I think now, I think, you know, City have changed a little bit. You know, you can't say Grealish for 100 mil is like a potential, like that. that's that's a marquee signing. You know, same with Haaland, you know, that's probably all in, you know, 200 rough mil. But City have worked to that position where now they can splash out on those, you know, world beaters or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I, I don't see why Newcastle wouldn't do the same. But finally, to, to touch on what you said, Reese, the the youth now has to be a big investment. You've seen it with Chelsea over the years and we've got one of the best academies. You've seen it with City now. They need to do the same. And that way they'll, regardless of whether the Saudi money comes, goes or stays, the foundations will be built for the next decade plus. No, it's very interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the good thing for Newcastle is they have a blueprint from what they've seen for other big takeovers in recent years. And there's a lot of mistakes they know that they can already not do. If they went for these big Galactico-style players, like when City went for Rubinho early on, for example, and, you know, or Real Madrid going for the big names, PSG going for the big names. Yes, it might earn you some success, but the problems that come with it, Newcastle are in the most competitive league in the world. So having all these big name players, is that going to necessarily click? Probably not. You know, you could end up falling behind, you know, with everyone with their egos and their, you know, prima donna attitudes could really affect them. And then they'll be left with a load of flops that they can't get rid of because the, the wages are too high. So what I give respect to the owners of, if they know what they're doing, they're very sensible, they're very smart. Like I said, they're not like Red Bull where they have to sell players every year. They can produce them themselves. You know, they've been smart with that. Bruno comes in, you know, Isaac comes in. They're buying them. They're not being mugged off in the market. You know, they're, they're keeping things sensible and they're a steady progression. They're better off being steady progression. You know, last finish, last year we finished X. Okay, let's aim for the next one. There's no point going last year we finished X because we've got money. We should go for the league. Otherwise, you're, you know, the, the harder you fall. So, they're going to be sensible with it. I've seen some of their young players. They're great. You know, and I would argue that, yes, the big name will bring the shirt sales and things, but I think there's nothing that Newcastle love more, their fans, than a hometown hero. You know, Shearer's has proven that. And I think they would give anything to have another Geordie Bourne number nine again, you know, or a Maverick midfielder that's, you know, is from Newcastle. If they can get one of them in, become the world's best player or one of the best, what more do they want? But if they keep that progression as it is, I think I think they'll go a lot further than they would with the short-term vision of just buy buy whoever's the, the you know flavour of the month. Well, there you have it. That just about wraps us up for another episode. Fans of the top six, let us know. Are you concerned? Are Newcastle going to threaten your spot in the top six and maybe even the top four? Newcastle fans, let us know your thoughts as well. Could you genuinely get top four? Is it a top six? 
And do you prefer option A or option B? Let us know. But as always, that wraps us up for another episode. Like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Here we go.